There's a quote uh, that I really like about friendships. It's from a businessman named Jim Rohn. And this is what Jim said about uh, friendships. He says, you are the average of the five people you spend uh, most of your time with. You're the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. And I think that's true. I think it's truer than we realize. Because when I think about the five people I spend the most time with, uh, I think about my friends and I think about my family. Uh, For example, uh, the five people I spend the most time with are my wife, Shannon, uh, my best friend, Brandon, uh, my good friends, Sherry and Joanne, our children's pastor, our secretary, and my son. So those are the five people I spend the most time with. And I end up, you know, between inside jokes and uh, little catchphrases, things that we say to one another, um, uh, between those inside jokes and catchphrases that nobody else understands, it's true. I I, I look a lot like them um, in the things that I say and the things that I do. Uh, I'm I'm kind of the sum of the average of those five people. Uh, There's a lot of things that I do uh, because of my friendships. There's a lot of things I don't do because of my wife. I mean, because of my friends. Anyway, I, I, I told her once, and she's not in the room, so I'll tell you this. Uh, but uh, I told her once that, um, that there's a lot of things I don't do because I don't want to get yelled at. Oh, nervous laughter, nervous laughter, nervous laughter. All the guys in the room are like, shut up, Sean. Don't say that. But when you think about the five people you spend the most time with, think about those five people and think about the things that they see and think about the things that they do and how that rubs off on you. Or the people that you spend time with and how are, are you being more of an influence on other people or are they influencing you? Hmm. We tend to think of peer pressure uh, as something that teenagers deal with and young people deal with. But I think it's more than just that. I think it's more than just kids at school or teenagers. Uh, I think young adults also feel peer pressure. I think as adults we feel peer pressure more than we realize. And the question is, is are we influencing others more than they are influencing us, especially negatively? Are we being more of a positive influence on people than we're allowing negative people to influence us? Are we making good choices and good decisions based on our friendships? Or are we being dragged down? Are we being, you know, kind of worn away and eroded into doing things that we know we shouldn't be doing? I want want to talk about friendships today as we begin a brand new series called Navigating Relationships. Uh, And this series, uh, Navigating Relationships, is all about the, the four most important friendships in your life. Now, uh, when it comes to this idea of of navigating friendships, um, uh, navigating relationships, I was talking with Sherry, our children's pastor, and Joanne, our secretary, this week uh, on Monday. And I said to them, you know what, guys, I've I've got this series planned, and I know what I want to talk about. I just, I don't have a unifying theme. I I don't know how to kind of crack it open. I don't know how to make it work. And so we started talking in the office about, you know, well, what do you think of when you think about relationships? And Sherry pipes up and she says, well, I think about the last part of the word relationship. I think about a ship. I'm like, hmm, interesting. Tell me more. And so she starts, we started talking about relationships as kind of like a a ship in our lives. uh, Our lives are kind of like a boat, like a sailboat. And then we started talking about how different parts of a ship 
correlate to the relationships in our lives. For example, today's message is about our friendships and how our friendships are kind of like a rudder. Um, they're kind of like a, a rudder, kind of like this one up here. They're like the rudder on a sailboat in that our, our friendships can steer us either positively or negatively. We're also going to talk about three other kinds of relationships over the next three weeks. We're going to talk about our relationship with our children and our grandchildren and the young people in our lives. Maybe you don't have kids or maybe you don't have grandkids, but maybe there are young people in your life that you have influence over. We're going to talk about the, the children in our lives. Uh, the week after that, we're going to talk about our spouses or significant others. Or if you're single, we're also going to talk about what it means to be single and, and a godly person. And, and then we're going to talk about our, finally, uh, on August 25th, we're going to talk about our relationship with God. And how our relationship with God is the most important relationship in our lives. So that's where we're going over the next uh, three, four weeks. Um, and then uh, we're going to do a series in September called How to Be Rich. Uh, and then in October, we'll start a series called What a Difference a Day Makes. And so that's where we're going for the next couple of months. But for today, we're talking about our relationships. Uh, we're going to look at a bunch of passages specifically from the Old Testament today. We're going to look at a passage from the book of Ecclesiastes. And then we're also going to look at several Proverbs because the book of Proverbs has a lot to do with practical bits of advice and practical uh, wisdom that we can put into practice. So uh, we're going to start in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. If you have your app, uh, if you have the GFCC app, this would be a great time to, to get it open. Uh, if you haven't gotten the app yet, you can go to your app store, and whether it's the iTunes store, the Google Play store, you can search for GFCC, and you'll find the app. You can download it and stay up to date on all things GFCC. You can give from the app. You can follow along with the sermon notes, uh, as well as get push notifications as to cool things happening around here. So we're in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 is where we're going to start as we start talking about navigating friendships. And this is what Solomon said, starting in verse 9. Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And when we hear what Solomon says, he's looking for the meaning of life. And he's looking for the meaning of life in the book of Ecclesiastes everywhere. He's trying to find the meaning of life. And, and one of the things he talks about is our relationships. He talks about our friendships and how uh, we need good friends in our lives. And he talks about three ways that we need, uh, that we can help one another and how our lives are better with friends. Uh, first, uh, he says, with friends, we are more effective and efficient. With friends, we are more effective and efficient. In verse 9, it says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. And think about the times that you've been working uh, alone versus times you've been working with someone. Uh, when I try, when I do my job alone, um, you know, I, 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 I'm not as effective and efficient as when I'm working with someone. Like, for example, I was telling you with Sherry and Joanna earlier uh, about this sermon series. Uh, it was much more effective uh, and much more efficient when I talked about it with them and they were able to give me some advice and give me some help in, in trying to figure out the unifying theme for this series. On my own, I, I wouldn't have come up with such a brilliant concept, but Sherry, she's a genius. So, you know, it worked great. Um, so we can be more effective and efficient when we work with 
friends. Think about times you volunteered, like volunteered here at church. And, and think about how uh, when you volunteer, it's so much more fun and so much more effective when you volunteer with someone rather than when you're trying to do it on your own. So with friends, we can be more effective and efficient. Also with friends, we are supported. Uh, look at verse uh, 10. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. And, and so our friends can pick us up. Our friends can support us uh, even when we fall down. If you have good friends, they're going to come alongside you, and after they get done laughing at you, they're going to pick you up. They say that's how you know uh, you're old or not, is, is what happens when you fall down. So if you fall down and people start laughing, you're a young person. If, if you fall down and people start running over to you and asking if you're okay, you're not as young as you used to be. It's true, it's true. I fell on the ice twice this year. And people are like, are you okay? No, 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 laugh at me, laugh at me. I'm a young person. Uh, anyway, uh, so with friends, we are supported. People, our friends can support us. Good friends support us. Also, finally, with friends, we are safe. We are safe. What does he say? Uh, and if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And when you come alongside somebody, you can defend them and they can defend you. And you can, with good friends, you are safer than you are by yourself. And this really um, has a lot to do with our spiritual lives. That when you're trying to do Christianity by yourself, you're much more susceptible to the attacks of the enemy. And yet, but when you come alongside someone and somebody comes alongside you and they hold you accountable and you do uh, your, uh, you pray together and you read the Bible together and, and you support one another and you strengthen one another and you protect one another when it comes to our spiritual lives. Uh, to boil it all down, it's very simply, we need godly friends. We need godly friends. Solomon said that a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And when you think about you and a friend and God, that is a cord of three strands that cannot be broken. You need godly friends. Friends who are going to point you in the right direction. Friends who are going to draw you closer to Jesus instead of drawing you away from him. You need good and godly friends. Now I told you we we're going to look at a bunch of passages from the book of Proverbs. And it's true. Uh, we're going to look at a bunch of passages from Proverbs this morning uh, as we talk about three uh, aspects of friendship. Uh, two of these are, are things that we need to be aware of, we need to look out for. Uh, and then the third one is the kind of friend we need to be. And so, uh, again, it's a great time to follow along in the app. Um, I want to just kind of show you how friends are the rudder of our lives. So, uh, friends are the rudder. Let God steer you to good friends. Friends are the rudder in your life, and let, you need to let God steer you to good friends. In, in Proverbs 12, 26, pro, uh, the, uh, the author of Proverbs says, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. You've got to choose your friends wisely and carefully. Because again, you're going to be the sum, you're going to be the average of the five people who are closest to you. And that has, usually has to do with your friends. So teenagers... Choose your friends carefully. If you're a teenager, if you're a young person, choose your friends wisely. Let God steer you to good friends. Uh, when you pick the wrong friends, they're going to lead you to destruction. They're going to lead you astray. Think about the times you've known somebody, maybe somebody you grew up with, 
and you thought, man, they've got it all together. They've got the world on a string, and, they, and you know, their life is, they're leading a charmed life. They just can't lose. And then what happens? They fall in with the wrong crowd. How many times have you ever heard, well, they just fell in with the wrong crowd, and they quit going to church, or they started doing drugs, or they started abusing alcohol? And, and you know, you think about those situations, and it, your friends can lead you astray. You need to choose the right friends. Be careful. Young adults, same thing. Again, we, you know, we always talk about peer pressure in teenagers. No, I, in your 20s, your friends can lead you astray. Even in your 30s and 40s. You, 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 know, you start hanging around with a group of people who don't make Christ a priority. And all of a sudden, you drift further and further away from church. And this can happen any time in our lives. We need to choose our friends wisely and carefully. Proverbs 13.20 says this, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. And there's a lot of wisdom in that, right? That if you want to be wise, you've got to hang out with wise people. They're going to rub off on you. Everyone rubs off on you in one way or another. And so if you want wisdom, if you want to have a better life, you need to hang out with wise people who are going to rub off on you in a positive way. And if you're not, if you're going to hang out with idiots, guess what? It won't be long before you're one of them. Associate with fools and get into trouble. Walk with the wise and you will grow wise. Choose your friends carefully. Friends of the rudder. Let God steer you to good friends. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. It's about sharpening a sword or sharpening a knife. What do you do? You rub it against other metal. You go to uh, like a Benihana, right? And they're sitting there and they got the, the sword and, and the, the knife. I don't know. I've never been. I just see it on TV and it looks really cool. But uh, they got the knife and they kind of against the steel, right? And it sharpens the knife. If you want to live a sharper life, if you want to be sharper spiritually, if you want to be sharper as a human being, you need uh, to hang out with wise people and you need to let other people sharpen you rather than dull you. Proverbs 27, 6. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. That when your friends come to you and say, man, you are falling down. You are missing the mark. You are messing up. Those are your real friends, the ones who will tell you the truth about yourself. An enemy, it says, multiplies kisses. An enemy will flatter you. Good friends will tell you the truth instead of flattering you with lies. Good friends will tell you the truth instead of flattering you with lies. So good friends are the rudder, and you need to let God steer you to good friends. Secondly, friends are the rudder. You need to steer clear of dangerous friends. You need to steer clear of dangerous friends. Uh, Proverbs 28, 7 says, Young people who obey the law are wise. Those with wild friends bring shame to their parents. Ooh. Think about your kids. Think about the kids that they hang out with. Or think about your grandkids and the kids that they hang out with. You know, are, are, your, friend, are your kids friends, your grandkids friends, ones who make you proud? Or are you worried about them getting into trouble all the time? You need good friends. And you need to steer clear of dangerous friends. Teenagers, young adults, any of us really. We need to be careful the friends that we make. 
Proverbs 18.24 says, There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Do you have friends? Or do you have real friends? Friends who will stick by you no matter what. Or do you have friends who are going to destroy you? Choose your friends carefully. Steer clear of dangerous friends. Proverbs 20 verse 6 says, Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? You know, you may have people say, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll be there for you. Yeah, I, I'm there for you. You need anything, I'll come running. And then in a moment of need, they're nowhere to be found. Who can find a friend who is truly reliable? Choose your friends wisely. Steer clear of dangerous friends because they are going to pull you in the wrong direction. They are going to draw you away from God instead of drawing you closer to Jesus. So be careful the friends you make. Friends of the rudder. Steer clear of dangerous friends. So we need to let God steer us to good friends. We need to steer clear of dangerous friends. And finally, friends of the rudder, be a friend who steers others to Jesus. Be a real friend who steers other people to Jesus. Um, Proverbs chapter 27, 17. We looked at this one earlier. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Be a good friend who will sharpen your friends instead of dull them. Be the friend who's going to steer people to Jesus. Be the friend who's going to draw people closer to Jesus. Because he's the best friend we could ever have. Jesus wants to be your best friend. We'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, Proverbs 27.10 says, Never abandon a friend, either yours or your father's. When disaster strikes, you won't have to ask your brother for assistance. It is better to go to a neighbor than to a brother who lives far away. Never abandon a friend. Be a friend who doesn't abandon your friends. Be a friend who is there for your friends. You know, we all need friendships. I mean, think about one of the most popular shows of all time. It was simply called Friends, right? And, and for 12 years, we tuned in every week to see the adventures of six crazy people living in New York City. And they were, they were nuts. But we loved it, right? Because we all longed for those kinds of of relationships. We all long for those kinds of friendships. We want good friends who are there for us. We want good friends who will stand by us. And in order to have those kinds of good friends, we need to be that kind of a good friend. So don't abandon your friends. Instead, stick by them. Proverbs seventeen seventeen, A friend loves how often? At all times. And a brother is born for a time of adversity. A friend loves at all times. You need to love your friends unconditionally. The way that God loves you. You need to love your friends with an unconditional love. You need to be there for them. They need to be able to count on you and to rely on you. So love your friends unconditionally. All the time. Not just when you feel like it. Not just when it's convenient. You need to love them in an unlimited, unconditional, unselfish kind of way. You know, the way that Jesus loves you. You need to be the kind of friend that Jesus is to you. So love your friends unconditionally all the time. Because Jesus is our model of what it means to be a good friend. In John chapter 15, verse 13, he said this, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. What did Jesus do? 
he laid down his life not just for the disciples he laid down his life for the whole world and when he lays down his life for his friends it means you can be his friend if you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ then by God's grace he will save you forgive you and make you his friend when you believe in him and turn away from sin and repentance you confess your faith and acknowledge your faith by confession and baptism that God will wash away your sins and he will forgive you all your sins and he will make you his friend and, and that's what that's the friend that we need he's the friend that we truly need and he's the friend he wants to be your friend and you may think well why would Jesus ever want to be my friend I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a wretch of a sinner I'm a terrible person well, you may not think that, I think that. Not about you, about myself. Um, you may think, I, I, I don't deserve to have a friend like Jesus. I, I don't deserve to have a friend like him. Here's what they said about Jesus. And, and uh, um, we need a good friend like Jesus. And we need to be good friends who help people become friends with Jesus. John Weiss is the pastor of... Uh, Southland Christian Church in Lexington, Kentucky. And he said this, good friends help you become best friends with Jesus. Good friends help you become best friends with Jesus. Are you helping people become best friends with Jesus? Because Jesus wants to be your best friend. Like I said, th this is what they said about him in Matthew chapter 11, verse 19. It says, the son of man came eating and drinking and they say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and, and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. He was accused of being a friend to sinners. He was accused of being a, tax, uh, a friend of tax collectors who were considered the worst of the worst. And sinners, that was a, a euphemism for prostitutes. So Jesus was accused of being a friend of tax collectors and prostitutes. And you know what? He never denied it. He never said, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm friends with these 12 guys over here. 11 of them really because one of them is going to betray me but you know I'm a friends with these 11 guys over here no and he didn't say I I'm friends with the Pharisees and I'm friends with the Sadducees and I'm friends with the Sanhedrin and all those religious people uh, no he said he never denied the fact that he was a, sin a friend of sinners Jesus is a friend of sinners and so no matter where you've been no matter what you've done no matter the things that you've uh, the people that you've hurt the things that you've uh, said that you shouldn't have said or the things you've thought that you shouldn't have thought the sins you've committed Jesus wants to be your best friend Jesus wants to be your best friend and not just yours he wants to be the best friend of the whole wide world and so the people in your world need to become best friends with Jesus and your job as a follower of Jesus, as your job as a friend of Jesus is to introduce other people to Jesus. To, to make that connection. So that the people in your sphere of influence are going to find out who Jesus is and the difference that he makes. You know, when you think about your life for just a minute, you think about your life and you think, man, I, you know, if you love Jesus, your friends are going to love Jesus. And one of the best ways that you can introduce people to Jesus is invite them to come to church. Because we're all about Jesus here. And we want to introduce people to Jesus. We want to help people follow Jesus. It's our mission statement. It's helping people follow Jesus. So be the kind of friend who introduces people to Jesus and draws them closer to him rather than pushing them further away. And when we do that, when we introduce people to Jesus, they're going to find a friend like no other.
And, and we can be that kind of friend who introduces people to Jesus. So let's do that. Think about one person this week that you can introduce to Jesus. Think about someone you know that needs Jesus to be their best friend. And then start the process of praying for that person and moving in that direction to introduce them to the best friend they could ever have.